Welcome everybody to the Cardboard Crash Cast. This is season two, episode one, and I'm here with Adam. Say hi. What up? We are going to be doing this on the king making slash king slaying. Those of you who play Twilight Imperium, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And the reason why it's such a broad or generic general topic this time is because season two, we're trying to switch a little bit from specific questions about specific games and sort of instead of hopping from game to game, we're going to be broadening our horizons and asking questions about gaming in general, using games like Twilight Imperium as a basis for those questions. So it's a little different. We're going to be able to throw in examples from from all sorts of things, but we're really generally going to be talking about game and game design and game theory as a whole. So with this king-making discussion, I feel like we kind of have to define this, first of all, in order for our audience members who don't know what that is to understand. It, it seems obvious, right? Like king-making, what, what is that? Obviously, we're only talking about the context of multiplayer games not like a single player game where you're working alongside people this is exclusively you know in, a, in the context of hey you're playing against other people mm-hmm. you know we want to focus on what is king making because yeah. we've experienced this a lot in twilight imperium and we were kind of just thinking is this a good thing is this a bad thing but the first thing you have to ask yourself is what is what is what, what is even is that yeah yeah like what technically is king making so and the all-knowing all-powerful wikipedia explains it as in game theory, a kingmaker scenario in a game of three or more players is an end game situation where a player who is unable to win has the capacity to determine which player among others will win. That player is referred to as the kingmaker or the spoiler. So it's essentially like you've you understand that you're behind. There is no chance of you coming up ahead. So now all of a sudden you you're shifting your resources to who you would like to win instead of yourself. I kind of want to ask the question, have you experienced this before, Adam? Can you give an example? Oh, absolutely. I mean, immediately I can think of an example of a game of Twilight Imperium where it was neck and neck, right? It's pretty much the last round. Someone's going to win. It's just how are they going to win? Is it going to be a secret objective? Is it going to be the public objective? And there's an alliance, right? Each We're playing an eight-player game and people have the people they've been working with. And of course, those people are maybe at six points or something. We're playing a 10-point game. They're at nine points. I can't remember exactly, but for the sake of this example. And I can remember in particular, it's like, hey, I have support for the throne. I could just give this to you. You could win the game on the spot. They are deciding to just give up everything to be like, you win, right? Yeah. I think it was also a situation of they didn't want to be there any longer. I think we had played for like, 12 or yeah, it was four, 14 hours at that point and it was like one in the morning and they're like okay let's just skip this entire round and i'm gonna determine the victor instead of like actually fighting it out mm-hmm. but that is a prime example of king ranking sure i want to know how you feel like that affects the health of that game in particular as someone who hasn't played as much as, as you have, or at least has as much experience about understanding a lot about the different factions and kind of how everything is, because you always describe Twilight Imperium as a game where you're on an equal level. Um, I have way more experience with like Magic the Gathering and playing Commander, and that's obviously uh, another multiplayer formatted game. The difference is everyone comes with a different deck that you've pre-constructed, right? So it's, it's a trading card game. There's different power levels. There... 
a kingmaker is definitely much different because one person could just be twice as strong as everyone at the table from the get-go. In the case of Twilight Imperium, it's everyone's on an equal playing field. Well, equal, more, way more equal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. more balanced, curated yeah. um, experience. So definitely can sting sometimes. It, it, it's weird. It's, it is one of those things where it really sucks when it's you and someone's maybe pinning against you and saying, I'm not going to choose you to win the game. And then it also is like, feels good when you're like, yeah, I made that alliance and you try to like justify it in your head. Mm-hmm. Um, so one example, yeah, speaking of alliance, I wanted to kind of show a difference. I'm okay with king making if somebody has truly given up and they're not just trying to end the game, they're really making sense of a previous alliance within that same game. So if you have constantly gotten resources from somebody throughout the game, and that somebody is now at the nine point threshold, like right before winning, whatever game you're playing is just about to win. And you're like, okay, that alliance that they've built up with me is now coming to fruition because I'm going to assist their victory. That I feel like is thematic. I feel like it's relatively healthy. Um, It makes sense in the context of like that specific theme and the lore of that game. Um, But if you're just like, I like this person more. I'm this person's spouse. I like want them to win for whatever reason outside of the game or because of spite from a previous game or something like that. That's where I'm like, okay. That has nothing to do with the game. That has nothing to do with the game. That is unhealthy. You're just doing it to end it at this point. Like, I don't want to see any of that in especially a long game like Twilight Imperium. I think it's unfortunately inevitable, right? Sometimes maybe you because you're taking these outside factors and you're trying to like completely get rid of them and only focus on the game. But obviously when you're playing the game, unless you're like super engrossed in it, um, you're going to have those outside factors, maybe distracting you or coming to the realization of like, Oh, I got work tomorrow. I get this or that. We're getting the tail end of the game. Like you might be really invested halfway through. And then at the end, um, you're kind of realizing, oh yeah, I'm just playing a game. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, which I always, that's a completely separate conversation of like, oh, it's just a game. Who cares? I mean, you're still putting time into it, mm-hmm. especially you're playing a 12 hour game or 10 hour game of twilight and you want there to be a satisfying resolution. We all want it to be satisfying in some way. So for someone to just make a spiteful thing, because maybe you got burned earlier on, I mean, that comes down to people's personality and you're you're trying to like, you just want everyone to be fair about it. And like, that's the thing that the game designers can't balance is is the social interaction you have in Mm -hmm. a game. And I actually have a question for you in particular, because I was thinking of this scenario and I feel like this happened before and it's happened to me in other situations in other games. So I'm curious what you exactly think about this is say you are in an alliance with somebody and you kind of made a promise to help them out. But now you have the opportunity to win yourself. Do you think it is fair? Like, should the other person who you're like, I made this promise, but that was because I assumed I wasn't going to be able to win. But what if now they have the opportunity to win? Should they logically go for the win or should they keep their promise? Like, what's the better and more important thing in that situation? Okay, well, I'm going to I'm going to give the twilight imperium rule book answer and i'm gonna give my answer oh, okay so what it says in the rule book is there is actual a definition between a binding and a non-binding deal so a binding deal happens within the same game step 
it happens because of a specific game element like a card or a or a faction ability or something like that um so like if i were to give out like say like i am going to quash a, an objective and you say like i promise you some or you promise me something in order to quash an objective sure. and then i quash an objective immediately and you don't give me that thing that is actually technically against the game rules and that could be scaled up all the way until victory a non-binding deal is like, okay, that happened before. I am not obligated by the game rules in order to keep my promise. Now, on a bigger scale, that happens in law too. That happens in our government system. You can have binding deals where like it, an eye for an eye sort of situation. And you can also have things where it's like that happened so long ago, that doesn't matter anymore. We're in a different game state now. We're in a different, a, a different way of thinking about the world now the promise that I made to you back then is now obsolete. I think it all has to do with timing. I feel like if the game state is similar to when you made the promise, you should, in my opinion, I would uphold that promise, even if it would hurt my ability to win. If the game state is so different that it's not even recognizable from when the promise was made, I think that's an exception where like, okay, not only do I view this differently, but like objectively, the board is different now. I, it's probably a good idea to still keep your friends and not be a complete asshole about it. But technically, I feel like I'd give them less crap if they if they went against my promise. If you made the, the promise two or three hours before this situation occurs. Sure, like you're almost building up to have some... I don't know, big war or something, and you're going to push and flank someone or just kind of like mm -hmm. box them in. And you're providing your support, but the next thing you know, you're like, I'm going to do it for sure. But then someone happens to do, I don't know, the embers that decide to blow up one of your systems or mm -hmm. the Mahawk to push you guys together, make you fight. And it's like, you can't do anything about it. Yeah. And you're like, okay, the game state's completely changed. I can't offer that to you anymore. I've got to worry about my own things. Yeah. Um, I mean, imagine if you're trying to, if you're trying to assist somebody else's victory and you have given up on something and they say i need your support for the throne next turn um in order to be able to send my war son into megatol rex to win the game and by the time it comes to your turn that entire fleet has been wiped out like their war son is gone they have no chance to do that i feel like that's such a different game state that you're like well we promised on something that doesn't exist anymore I feel like the promise is like it, it has to be written down. And that's where we get into like gaming is really just like society in like low stakes because like you have situations where like you have to be so specific on wording in order to not get a lawsuit or something, you know, in, in that sort of in a legal situation. You have to be so specific, like I'm going to do this with your money. You know, you give me your trade agreements and I will do this specific thing. And if I break that promise, you, we, we no longer like have trust. Sure. Right. So I think it completely depends on the situation. I think it completely depends on like the length of time in between. Um, I don't know. Was that a good enough answer? I feel like that was very yeah, no, I, riding the line. So. I think I think the, the central idea of like, yeah, things change enough because I, I was thinking of an example, I believe. I don't know, Magic is, is probably a much easier one for me to explain instead of giving all the context for maybe a TI game of essentially, hey, I will help you out because, like, 
you know, there's a there's a king. All right, I'm trying to give like a general mm-hmm. uh, scenario here. There's a king, and it's like, I think everyone's idea should always be like, okay, we need to work together on this, right? Then you start getting into the question of, is it okay for just one person to spend their time and resources knocking them down to everyone's level? But then now they've pretty much outed themselves and the other two people or three people or whoever are now just going to fight for victory. Now they can fight for victory. Like, cause I've been in situations of playing like a game of magic commander where it's like, you know, there's something scary on the field and it's like, everyone's like, Ooh, that's a problem. And now it's up to you because it's your turn next to get rid of it. Mm -hmm. And then you get rid of it. And then everyone's like, Oh cool. Thanks. Now I'm going to, now I'm going to take advantage and like essentially step on your back. Right. Like climb up the ladder. I definitely wouldn't put my resources that would go into victory into king slaying the the like upcoming victor unless I had some kind of promise or like resources from other players. If it was like I'm I'm in the opportunity to take this person down a notch who's about to win, I need your resources in order to fully pay that back. Yeah, you gotta use it as leverage right. and almost essentially say like I'm not going to be afraid of this happening. So, because the argument back could be like, oh, well, if you know, if you need our approval of it, it's kind of this game of like a poker face thing where it's like, oh, if you, if you really think you need it to be dealt with, maybe you should deal with it. Cause I don't think it's a big deal. Right. Um, and then it's like, most people probably be in agreement. So like, Hey, if you can deal with it right now, that'd be great. It's like, oh, I'm desperate. I need you to do this. And maybe it's because they're about to win. The other person is about to win. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it definitely it definitely gets kind of in that sketchy zone. And I feel like we could kind of go a few di- directions with it. But maybe we should kind of fall back in line with how we were originally talking about it. Mm-hmm. I saw a post on Reddit and I wanted to kind of like go over this a little bit. It's from um, a Reddit user that's been since deleted. So unfortunately, I can't give credit for this, but it's on the Twilight Imperium subreddit from two years ago. It says, King slaying when you can't win, what's your approach? I just want to touch on a couple of the questions. What do you do if you and only you can stop a guy from winning? For example, by taking his home system or some planet he needs for an objective. Does it matter whether you need the help of other people to accomplish it? Would you still do it even if everyone else refused and it would put you down a notch as opposed to those other people still in the game? So essentially what I was talking about yeah. before, right? Where would like, you be in that situation? Like in that situation, would you choose to still go into it if you were the only one who was able to take that person down? I think I would because it's... At the end of the day, you could think... It's technically like we are playing at low stakes, but you almost need to like consider that you are playing at high stakes. And I feel like that can help you. Like no one wants to always play at high stakes because you're playing high stakes. You don't want to lose anything. And that's like what can put your mind at ease. Right. But I think you should still always play with the mindset of like, especially it's a multiplayer game. I'm going to try to win. Mm -hmm. Um, People like to be nice all the time. And I think that's a big misconception like you have to be nice to someone kind of what we were t- even when we were talking about earlier it's like if you make a, a a cut and dry deal with someone that's a deal that happened now you can agree to still have like a loose contract of we're going to be allies mm-hmm. but just because you do something one for one doesn't mean like now nah, hey we're buddies now we always do everything together it's like yeah we did that one for one now i'm attacking you or i'm doing this to you oh how could you blindside me if someone does that they're clearly not like truly understanding like i think the the game itself like right. it's, 
you're always still supposed to be looking out for yourself. If it was a game where you're just supposed to let them win, mm-hmm. I feel like that's personally outside factors coming into play. Mm-hmm. But if it's me, I'm like, you're literally taking my ability to win the game away from me by winning the game. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do what I can. Now, it's unfortunate no one else is going to help me, but hopefully, you know, it, it extends the game and it gives you more of a chance. I think, right. regardless, you should be taking that opportunity. Again, if you're, like, playing and it's been so many hours and people need to, to go to bed and someone has work the next day, sure. But, like, I think in general, just in terms of the game, you should always be doing that. You should um, be playing to the game's objective. Yeah, that's the fun of the game. And, like, that's what makes the game interesting. So it might hurt and be like, come on, dude, I was just about to win. But that's the game. The game is that things can happen like that. Mm-hmm. And social, the social dynamic is a very strong part of the game. Um, but ultimately, you're just trying to manipulate the game's rules in a way that puts you in the lead. Yeah, and, and as we kind of talked prior to even doing the, the podcast here, those instances of you almost, like, you're almost, you're putting yourself up at, on a pedestal and putting a target on your back mm-hmm. when you do, like, snowballing into the king the king spot right yeah so that's something you got to be conscious of and aware of you're like rolling the dice and being riskier the more you're like creating an engine and it's like going like smoothly Mm -hmm. i want to touch on the uh how the king feels in these situations right after i do a quick commercial ish break here First of all, thank you, Star, for editing this episode. He's our editor for every episode. I appreciate you very much. Big ups. Thank you to the subscribers. Um, If you want to subscribe, we've got a couple more episodes coming up. Uh, Some ideas we've got for episodes, uh, you can go ahead and leave which ones you are interested in in the description below. Um, We've got should we be playing to win and how hard should we be playing to win? We've got an episode all about how TCGs should die eventually they should probably peter out and die at some point for the health of them um and we've got a couple more episodes about uh different pl- uh, size player counts for different games and uh i have a follow-up episode on the twilight imperium hot takes that i'm going to do as a little bonus episode here soon so if you like those thoughts uh, go ahead and hit the subscribe button or become a patron if you really 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 love us we love you too anyway back to that in a situation that you are now being targeted as you you have been named the king of this game. You're at nine points. Everybody else is at five. You're about to hit the threshold to win. You're the winu or whatever. And you're like, you already have hit, hit your hero. You've taken advantage of everything. Now you're kind of petering out. Everybody turns their eyes to you and goes, we no longer want to win. We want him to lose. What? How do you feel in that situation? Is that fair to you? Sometimes it can feel a little like disheartening because you're like, I was so close, but I almost kind of like it. And I, I can't remember who I was playing the game that it did happen, but there was an instance where I was pretty much being very sneaky. And it's like, okay, he's about to win. He's, he's got one more secret objective. He's doing weird stuff. I think it was the last game we played and everyone's like, like, Hey, put all your resources to try and do something to him. And I was like really hoping that my plan that was me. That was up. me trying to get everybody to put everything they had and just to take something away from you because we had no idea what it the, was. The thing was, you were just as close to winning. Mm-hmm. So you were like, the thing is, you used it as leverage because they believe I, me. I had a bigger 
more obvious way of winning mm-hmm. essentially yours was more like much Pol- quieter yeah political agenda phase sneakiness yeah and you had like already gotten hit by a few people and been in some fights because people were like well i'm just trying to work on some side objectives here because they're still playing the game mm-hmm. but i'm over here so like everyone's like okay now we have to take turns to me and i kind of it's fun because it's it's like uh you're like the boss yeah you become the boss just like when we were playing uh what's the game where you betrayal yeah is that betrayal the one where you open where, up the different rooms yeah one person becomes a traitor at some point yeah it's it is kind of fun, right? Like, you get a, a whole new dynamic, and I think that's a fun part of the game that, you know, is not something you experience every time you play. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're on the receiving end, and sometimes you're the one going against the king. Mm-hmm. And it has... And you, it you it feels kind of empowering. Prepared. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I'm the big bad. Like, yeah. this is my ultimate test, right? I'm not getting... like, And when you do overcome it, you feel like you really did earn it. Yeah. Um... And if you lose it, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I'm frustrated. But now you've learned, okay, next time I will definitely think more about my actions up to this point. Mm-hmm. I can't be like just so blatantly it's like steamrolling the points. Mm-hmm. Like I need to be conscious of them, but I can't do it too quickly because it'll raise suspicion. It'll raise alarms. Yeah. Gaming, you have to think about how long the game is going to be. And in a many, many games... It is a, especially games that have a set amount of turns to them, you have to think of it more of a marathon than a race. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't go for every game, but in games like Twilight Imperium, where it's pretty much always going to be about five rounds and everybody's going to kind of be itching towards like the same amount of objectives around the same amount of time, at least experienced players will, you have to think about it more of like, I'm going to ride the wave until I get to the point where I can jump ahead of everybody, you can't make it so obvious because you're going to get yourself into a king slaying scenario and you're going to become that big bad unless you want that to happen. And sometimes what you play in in particular is like, that's the whole game plan, right? Winu, perfect example. You know, you're playing against someone's Winu, most likely they're going to Mechatol. They're going to try and just get as many points as quickly as possible. And you might be like, oh, I feel bad, like taking them out. But it's like they're going to win the game and they're going to try and do it as quickly as possible. If you want to talk magic. You're talking about like, I don't know, mono red or something. You just want to like win as soon as possible. And if they don't, they're gassed out. They have nothing left. And it's like, don't feel bad. That's just what they decided to play. Not every faction or uh, team that you play on or whatever you're playing. It's not always going to be like a mid range, like they're not a master at everything uh, they just have like good stats in in multiple areas, but they're mm-hmm. not like focused in one area. Yeah. Like, Sometimes you have to commit to a gimmick, and just be okay if that gimmick doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. I have never been in a win making scenario or a, a a king scenario in TI except for when I play the Winu. So that's why I bring them up in particular. I don't think I've actually won any games that I haven't played them. Because you almost have to. You're like predisposed to okay. I'm gonna have to go after them because you unfortunately their their game plan's predictable. I guess yeah. um, nothing wrong with that. It's still a challenge, and you're like up for the challenge. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do this. I just know I'm gonna be the king. But the game that's what's good about the game, and, and you can tell that it was balanced in a good way. Is that the the creators of the game actually knew that this was going to be a dynamic that was very relevant of the game, and I I love 
the interactions you have with kingmaking. I don't know how how much of a hot take that is. I know sometimes, maybe in more my experience with magic, people want to like get rid of the king instantly. That happens a lot. But sometimes people's decks are all over the place. But in general, a lot of it's like, let's be fair to each other. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's like, no, you're just going to have to be mean. Or you're going to have to become the kingmaker. Or you're going to have to... Just, like. It doesn't matter. You don't have to win every game. It's just about playing it to the best of your ability. So do you think that it's healthy for the game, healthy for any game, to promote being in second place? Because realistically, we're talking about wanting to be in second place. Like, if you can't be in in first, damn it, you're going to make somebody that you like. Shoot, you know, shoot up to well, first. The, like uh, one of the perfect examples of that is uh, is Survivor. If if anyone's ever watched the show Survivor, right? The people do their best to make alliances, and there's a, lots of blind sides, and people are, you know, winning challenges and and having uh, their allies here and there. But at the end of the game, the people that have been voted out are who vote for the winner. Mm-hmm. So it's like you just kind of like you kind of have to accept it that like someone might make that like. Yeah, you you screwed me over earlier. This is what happens, and like, that's kind of a a sign of like, hey, you just made a bad agreement with someone earlier, right? Or like, you didn't, you made that agreement, and like, you thought they were like okay with it, but then you just you put the pressure on too much, right? Like, so we were talking about like a hard agreement. You made like a one for one, but then maybe you just one eighty too hard, and we're just like, okay, now I'm going right for you, like, because you technically even though you did a one-for-one one trade, you benefited more from it um, and you burned them a little bit. I think in general, it's a good thing. Um, it makes the game interesting. It balances out the players who burn others. But I, mean, I don't... If you step on people in order to get to the top, mm-hmm. you better believe that those people aren't going to make a stable foundation for you. Mm-hmm. So, But if you slowly climb to the top and you're right alongside everyone else and then hit the threshold... Sure, that might be a little bit more predictable and probably a better idea, but it's also less exciting. Yeah, I think another thing is a lot of people want there to be a... Catch-up mechanic? Well, I I wanted to touch on that, but I I think just before to finish off that last thought, people want there to be a satisfying, like... Climax. Yeah, they want Mm -hmm. there to... It's like, this makes so much sense. And sometimes it's not like that. You know, a lot of the game is still random, you know, you're, I mean, you're drawing cards. When we played Catan this last time, I think it's just a problem with Catan. All of a sudden, you're just like, yeah, I just I just won. And we're just like, oh, uh-huh. you were just like alongside all of our points the entire game. And you're just like, yeah, I just have seven points now. It's like, well, that's cool. Pack yeah, up. Like, I guess I could have, for a little bit of context, I had some cards that like I revealed on the spot that just gave me points to win in a game of Catan. So like everyone, like I did a trade with your girlfriend and she was just like, Oh yeah, that seems like a good trade. But a little did she know she gave you the exact resources you need to win. Yeah. And it was like, you know, like, did I feel a little bad? I was like, yeah. Cause it wasn't like super like a, a crazy ending where it was like neck to neck, but I still did the smart thing. Mm-hmm. And like, I played part of the game and she accepted it. And it's like, she just learns next time to like be more wary of it. And right. it just that comes over time. You know, things are gonna be random. You're gonna have to play multiple times before it really like eases in your mind where it's like, I don't mind losing. It it doesn't matter. The cl- like obviously for the sake of like recalling a, a fun memory, sometimes it is like, yeah, I'm gonna do it for the fun. Maybe I won't like 
knock someone down because I think it was a cool enough play to be like, I'm going to take a step back here and remember that like, that was a fun memory instead of just being like, no, I can technically win still. So I'm going to say no to this, right? Like that's not fun. Um, but that kind of just comes down to your social group and like how you do things. So if there was an instance of like, and I don't want to harp on it too much, but support for the throne, we both hate that card. Okay. That card sucks. I don't want to play with it pretty much ever when we do have it. There are certain groups, and I'm starting to think about it, that just, they keep it in their hand because specific races, like, benefit off of that card. Um, there's, I forget if it's Nalu or Asarl with the POK right now. I'm, I'm too tired to remember, but it's Nalu. They can just take promissory notes out of people's hands. Yes. So, like, their thing is, like, maybe in a good situation they could take the support for the throne like i don't want to like delete it from the game but i'm starting to get to the point where i'm just like okay no one can no one can hand this out none of this this is not a thing anymore um we're not playing a nine point game we're playing a 10 point game thank you very much because yeah because not only is it not only is it and i touched on this in my hot takes but not only is it just decreasing the amount of points for the game but it also decentivizes uh interaction because all of a sudden it basically deletes one person off of your off of the map for you like there's their pie slice their their area you cannot touch because nothing is worth losing a point yeah it's a free point and all you have to do is not attack one person okay cool now i have a person who's a guaranteed ally yeah and they're guaranteed ally nothing will ever happen with them i think it's incredibly boring i think the card is poorly designed i don't even think it should exist you know what's also incredibly boring, in my opinion? Ketchup mechanics. I think that they kind of hinder, and now I haven't played a lot of board games that have ketchup mechanics. I've oh, played a lot of video games with If you mechanics. hate ketchup mechanics, you would hate Quacks of Quedlingburg. I know at least one of our listeners have, have played that game. It's a ton of fun. It's a ton of fun. It's a push your luck game where you like keep trying to stir a pot with a bunch throw a bunch of ingredients in and like maybe your pot will explode if you're too like it's a lot of fun. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, but there's a catch-up mechanic where, like, the farther you are behind, the more rat tails you get, which are just basically, like, free resources every turn, essentially. So, like, if you're, like, seven spaces behind the person in first place, you get seven rat tails for the turn. And it's, like, such an obvious catch-up mechanic. It's, it's... Is falling behind in that game luck-based, skill-based? Both. It's mostly luck. It's not entirely a luck game, but it's definitely like a very low stakes, fun, stupid game. How long is a game typically for that? 20 to 30 minutes. Okay, see, that's not as bad because if it's already kind of random, it's just like you're maybe like, oh, you're randomly like on the roll. Um, so then someone has to just randomly get like more resources and it that just sounds chaosy. I mean, it can be fun. That yeah. can be. The- it's designed well in a way that makes it feel skillful and fun. But- okay, because I think in most instances, what is frustrating, where if there's a catch-up mechanic in a in a kind of skill-based game, where like someone just hasn't been doing their best. Like if there was one in TI, right? It's like they just haven't been focusing on getting their objectives, or they're maybe like I could understand that you're getting bullied or like something's happening. You just don't have the right resources, like. just the game's not in your favor, right? They might not be having fun. So the idea of the catch-up mechanic is something that's being put in place to help them essentially get back up to everyone else's pace, Mm -hmm. still doing some work, but like catching up so that 
the game is more tight knit at the end. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that this game, that Twilight Imperium, does not hold people's hands in that way. It's it's kind of punishing for new players, but to be honest, it's not new player friendly already because it's 12 hours long. I appreciate that some people, if they don't get it, they will just have two points at the end of the game. Like it's just how it is, and that's kind of a funny story, and it's just something that the the design of the game just lends to because if you don't true if you don't get it you just you'll be so far behind and if you do get it you'll be so far ahead and it's it definitely promotes like replayability and like every time you play you're going to get better at the game you're going to understand it more it's not a war game you're going to start understanding the objectives more you're going to start memorizing things i think it lends itself to just like long-term fandom um more than it lends itself to like new player friendly catch-up mechanics sort of well and that's that's interesting because there there are a lot of people who play board games card games video games where like they don't care like they don't care right they just want to have fun and like unfortunately the developers in most cases for video games understand that that retention is the most important thing yeah so adding something that you know gives someone some sort of dopamine rush or feeling that they're doing well uh, whether that be some sort of skill-based matchmaking and having their first few games be like really easy or uh, much more manageable to make them be engaged for longer than have like a difficult game and kind of almost it almost feels rigged. I feel like when you take a step back, you just realize, well, what's the point of getting better if there's oh if, if it always feels like it's neck and neck, like I can't get better. So that that upper echelon of people who want to get better at the game feel like what's the point? Um, I obviously appreciate, like you're saying, the, the more skill-based where you're going to learn over time and just get better. I have like an example in my head, or at least of like Destiny is one of the games where there was a game mode that had a catch-up mechanic. Essentially, you would uh, you know, kill enemies and get like these moats that you needed to deposit. And like you could go and invade and essentially kill the other people on their side that are just doing it because you're like doing it separately. And you can kill them and they lose their moats. And you're just trying to deposit them and then kill like a boss at the end. So you just like, just need to get like a hundred and then kill a boss win. But you're just like occasionally getting to like intervene. Um, and the catch up thing would be like, oh, one team has their boss already and you've been killed a bunch of times and don't have your moats. Then like all the enemies start dropping more moats so you can get back in it faster. And it's like, it makes sense because it's like now you, like you would never have a chance of winning if they were just better and killed you all the time. But... But maybe the game should end but, faster. Yeah, but sometimes it would be like, oh, well, we're trying our best, and now they're just getting, like... It would almost be smarter to, like, get the catch-up mechanic because you can abuse it. Yeah. And then I'm thinking of, like, Mario Kart, where you, like, just get back into eighth place real quick, mm-hmm. get, like, a really powerful item, and then just, like, play, like, normally, and now you have, like, the most powerful item, but you've moved back up to the top. Like, that's how the catch-up mechanic feels. Yeah. Um, so ultimately I feel like games should embrace having a king should embrace king making in a healthy way that promotes long-term alliances especially in games that take a long time and you should not feel that bad if you're taking that if you're taken down if you're the main enemy of the game because that means that you've done really well so far yeah it's like a compliment yeah you're the king Literally, you're the king. So yeah. like if somebody's willing to kill you, it's because you're worth being killed. Which is pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Alright, I want to wrap it up there. 
Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you in the next podcast episode. If you want to listen to this on any other platforms other than YouTube, if that's where you found us on, go ahead and check the description. I've got all the other platforms there. You can download the episodes. Give us a five-star rating. Uh, The music was by Ryan Jacobson. Ryan, if you're listening to this, I appreciate you. I will see you in the next episode. Appreciate it. Peace. Bye-bye.